The commitment of Jalen Crawford confirms that Auburn's impressive run of cornerbacks will go on for years to come. Freezing temperatures are likely for several hours inland and a few hours closer to the coast. Yes. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby. And thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day, live from SEC Media Days with the one and only Daryl Daprich. Very, very fun first day here up in Nashville. But before we get to Media Days and what's happening later today and later this week, we've got to talk about the big news that happened when Auburn added the commitment from Jalen Crawford, the four-star corner from the great state of Georgia. And Daryl, what this does to me is it continues Auburn's, I don't want to say guaranteed run, but let's throw it out there, guaranteed run of successful corners that's really gone back the past decade at this point. It's big on a couple for, on a couple fronts, Zach. First of all, it's big because, what you mentioned, Auburn's got a tradition now in the last four or five years of putting corners in the league, and I think that really benefits from a recruiting standpoint. You can sell that. It's also big because Auburn's going to lose a lot of corners in mm-hmm. the cornerback room in the next two years, so they're stockpiling that through their recruiting classes. It's big to get back in Gwinnett County, too. He's from Parkview High School yes. in Georgia. That's a used to be an old stomping ground for Auburn. Brad Lester, uh, the running back, was from there. And it, it's a great high level of high school football that Auburn needs to get back in and take some of that stranglehold mm-hmm. that Georgia had, Zach, from well, there. And, and I don't know if you heard, but as soon as, uh, as soon as he committed, we put up a video. It was me talking with lockdown recruiting expert Brian Smith, and he said Gwinnett County, he thinks it's the best county for high school football in the country. That's big. And this is the guy that is, he's based out of Miami. I mean, yeah. that's, that's and Texas. And you think of some of the Texas. No yeah, doubt. so that, that is. And no I, think, I think the other thing, too, to look at is that we, we kind of felt this was coming for a while. We, you know, he was crystal ball to Auburn for a long time. Long time. Yep. But do not underestimate what a really, truly elite corner he is. I've heard he's probably the best corner at this point in the state of Georgia, mm-hmm. probably top 10 in the country. When you get a lockdown corner like that at that elite level, you think about Kyan Lee at one side and right. maybe Crawford on the other side in a couple years. You need that. And then I, I liked what uh, Brian said, your recruiting expert. He plays three different corner positions on the field, boundary, slot, field. He does all different things. So the versatility of this kid is off the charts. 100%. But now, so you look at this run of corners that Auburn's been on. And if you watch this show, if you're an everyday or you know I love the cornerback position, but Carlton Davis to Jamel Dean to Noah Igbenogany to Roger McCreary to DJ James. And now uh, we, we think Kay and Lee will be the next guy. And then I think Jalen Crawford can extend this even uh, more years into the future. And so shout out to Coach Crime Dog. Zach Gethridge got a lot of love, but it sounds like Crime was kind of the, the leading recruiter in a lot of this. So hats off to all of them. But you mentioned the ability to play quickly because there's so much age in this room this year where you're going to lose DJ, you're going to lose Nehemiah Pritchett. And so now all of a sudden you go into next year with J.D. Rem and Kay and Lee, and we hope Keontae Scott, mm-hmm. he's eligible to leave and go pro after this year. We'll see what happens. But all of a sudden, look, it's not an ideal situation to start a freshman, but this is a guy where you're like, you're okay starting him to some extent. I mean, he's already six foot, 180, 
according to his page on 247. He's got a full year left of high school football. I just think when you look at the level of excellence at Auburn's cornerback position over the past decade, since Carlton Davis took over in that Will Muschamp defense forever ago, he extends that position as far as, you know, I think greatness. I think greatness is really what you look at it. Because look who they beat out for Jalen Crawford. They beat out the two big folks that a lot of people would label as cornerback you with LSU and Florida. But I would argue, Darrell, over the last decade, Auburn's had better corners in both of those schools. It's amazing that through this hiatus of subpar recruiting that we saw in the Harson era, that the cornerback room still stayed fairly strong. Zach Etheridge. Exactly. So you look through the potato years, the potato famine, the great right. potato famine, and the last two years, if you look at Auburn's strong, we talked about this on one of the previous shows, their strongest position group right now is, is cornerback. Mm -hmm. I feel like even more than running back. So even though there was a hiatus there, it still stayed strong. Right. In order to keep that tradition going, you better recruit four and five stars at the corner position. They've got some safeties coming in that I'm real high on as well. So they're doing a really good job in the secondary. But it's amazing to me that that position group did not drop off. Mm -hmm. Even though it could have, and either other areas did, it didn't drop off. And that speaks volumes, as you said, Zach Etheridge doing a great job on the recruiting trail. That's right. That's right. And the safeties, too. I mean, there's a lot of you know excitement for Terrence Love, Sylvester Smith. But we'll see. We'll see how all those pieces fit together. But Jalen Crawford, uh, a guy that raises Auburn's class i think in the ceiling of auburn's class just because what he's able to do in multiple positions and once again just who they beat out and we've talked about you know hugh freeze going after harry thompson you know who's committed to alabama or um riddick riddick's first name is demarcus riddick who's you know the linebacker committed to georgia it's so nice to see us consistently winning battles against other top schools in the SEC. When it, I think a lot of Auburn fans kind of got in their mind, it's like, oh no, Florida's recruiting them. Dang it. Oh no, LSU really wants this guy. Dang it. Oh no, Alabama, Georgia really wants this guy. And like, I mean, the Joseph Phillips win, I think is probably the best example of this, but Crawford definitely kind of puts a tally under it. It's just so nice to have a staff that's one willing, and it almost kind of seems like they enjoy it going up against the other top schools, but now consistently winning it. It's it's such a great feeling. We'll talk later on in the next segment about certain things that I think are key indicators mm -hmm. and whether you're doing something great in recruiting. People get so caught up in the rankings, but I look at one thing that we'll talk about in the next segment, but the, one of the other things I look at is offer list. I think I think I don't care if you're a three star. If you beat out Georgia or an Alabama or an LSU or Florida, and those coaches want you, yeah, the star means nothing to me. It's about people that can evaluate talent and no talent. And if you win national championships like Kirby Smart and Nick Saban do, and you recruit kids and you beat them head to head for those kids, and they want them on their roster, that is a win. I don't care what the stinking star says. That's right. Corners that are wanted by LSU and Florida. I mean, just look at the track record. I mean, that's that's elite, elite stuff. But when you just look at the trail of corners that Auburn has had, I just I feel good about the position for the next three or four years. I think you need a grad transfer after this season uh, or a transfer of some sort right. after this season. But just the level of upside of Kay and Lee and now Jalen Crawford for the next multiple season at Auburn. I mean, there's just a lot to be. And look, 
I think we forget about this kid a lot because he committed so early, but Amon Lane is a very good corner in this 2024 class really that, we, that we continue to forget about. We do. And, we, and you, JD Rim, how he's going to come and progress as well. We saw we, him. We hope. Stuff. We hope. Yeah, we've seen some stuff at the end of the year last year. So, well, I just trust this position group and these position coaches, right? Not only from a recruiting standpoint, Zach, but a developmental standpoint as well. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's right. All right. Quality or quantity? What do we need to be looking at more right now when looking at these 2024 classes? And of course, also we'll preview what's happening at SEC Media Days right here on Locked on Auburn. Today's show brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. Take your first swing at betting MLB at FanDuel and you can get 10 times your first bet amount and bonus bets up to $200. So that's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you can get $200 back in bonus bets whether you win or lose. I think you should do that and take the over for Auburn six and a half wins. Absolutely. That's what I'm saying. Absolutely. That's free money. You're welcome. Bet 200, get up to 200, uh, get up to $200. And uh, you'll definitely, I, I think, I think that's a sure bet. And look, the great thing about FanDuel is like, it's actually easy to get your money back. Most sports books, it's like, okay, I won, but where's, where's my money? I don't want it in crypto or anything like that. I want actual money. So sign up today, FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 back in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball and the Locked On Podcast Network. Quality or quantity? That's the big question for recruiting. And that's kind of why you see inconsistencies in the rankings at this point of the year, Daryl, because right now Auburn just has 11 guys committed. And it's a situation where like you look at Auburn's class and you see all these four stars and it's like, it doesn't feel like they're ranked as low as they actually are. The average star rating has always been something I look at and Auburn, I believe is fifth in the sec right now uh, in the average star ranking. So it's because they only have 11 recruits. If they were at 16 or 17 with the same average, they'd be probably a top 15 class to me. Here's the deal. When I look at recruiting and recruiting philosophy, one of the things you can count on or is more of a known X factor is quantity. If you're at 11 right now, it's pretty much guaranteed you're going to be at 20 by the time signing day comes along. Mm -hmm. that, that's, that's money in the bank, per se. That's something that's a known. What's not known and wasn't easy to come by, which you can't take for granted and make an assumption, is quantity. Right. You don't know. It's not a given that you're going to get a five-star or mm -hmm. a high four-star. Sure. So when you have that already in your back pocket and you're at a .90 ranking right now, the quantity is going to come. Right. Get the quality out of the way first because that's not a guarantee. That's not a given. Quantity is. Quantity is. Auburn will not be sitting at 11 recruits come December, more likely 19 or 20. Mm -hmm. So we know that's going to happen. Maybe you, more. Yes. Yeah, and what you don't know for sure is the quality. So that's why it's good to get that out of the way. And that's why I put more of an emphasis on the average. And like I mentioned before, the offer list. Yeah. When you look at different sites, obviously the, the average rating is going to be different, but Auburn has the third best average player ranking. When you look at rivals, they trail only Ohio state who has 18 commitments, two, five stars, 13, four stars, and Georgia, who has 26, which is ridiculous. I mean, that's just crazy. And they only have two five-stars and 19 four-stars. Auburn, of their 11 total commits, are nine four-stars pretty much across the board. And that's in the country. I mentioned SEC before this with the, the composite. This right. is the country. 247, I believe, is different. I believe 247 is has Auburn a little bit lower. Um, let's see. This is on three. 
an on three has Auburn at 20th when you look at average ranking. And that would be one to Alabama, Georgia, Florida, A&M, and Tennessee are the only SEC schools ahead of them. That, that's, and, and that's what I look at. I mean, again, it's the unknown factor. It's the quantity that you know, the commodity of I'm getting high quality kids right now recruiting, right. get, get that bird in the hand, so to speak, because the quantity is going to come. And I suspect mm-hmm. some of the, Bigger names, along with the quantity, will come more quality. So when you you know some of these guys that potentially could flip, and there are some names we're hearing that could come at the end of July or in August. By the time yeah, December, mean, Perry Thompson changed that. Riddick, Demarcus Riddick changes that. Barber changes that. Mm-hmm. There's some guys that could go that that Auburn not only gets quantity but gets quality as well, and that that vaults you into a top ten class. I heard. Uh, Brian, that's his name, your, your recruiting expert, talk yeah. about if some of the things go the way he feels. Not the Auburn folks, not people that do Auburn shows, yeah, a national but a guy. national recruiting guy. Mm-hmm. If it breaks the way he thinks, he says Auburn can get a top 10 class. I think so. And I think it may be higher in average player ranking because, look, there's no reason in the world of the transfer portal now, there's no reason to settle mm-hmm. anymore. I don't think. No. I don't think just don't get a guy just to fill a roster spot anymore. Right. I, I think if if this is a guy that you think okay here is his clear path to playing time, you add him, and if you can't answer that question, if you're a coaching staff, uh, I'll get a third year player that's played. You know, even if they've played only 200 snaps in their career, it's like he's got a higher floor than this kid. I'll take him in the transfer portal in December. And, and one of the points that comes along with that, it's a domino effect. It's a cause and effect. Auburn will dip into the transfer portal less and less as these recruiting classes get greater and greater because the needs will be reduced. You mm-hmm. still will go to the portal. You still will snatch five to eight kids a year to go for immediate needs. I- ideally. Ideally. But I think you we're have years to f- away from that, though. See, I think, I think they're three years away, from, two or three years away from that at the most. Okay, I think I Auburn's I 24 and 25 class will be a precursor to Auburn only getting five guys in the portal in 25. Mm. And it's going to be, what do I need wow. right now? What do I need right now? It's an immediate need because I think these recruiting classes that he's fixing to get in 24 and 25 will narrow that scope. I think that'd be huge. The only pushback I have on that is a lot of people rejecting 2021 guys in this class. And it's like, well, eventually you're going to have to replace those guys right. or replace those spots. But I'm with you. I mean, I think you're going to see, I think you're going to see double digit guys join this team in December. What's the difference though is here's, here's the difference. It's a mindset of, I'm going to go to the portal and get guys for depth as opposed to I better go get guys that can start right now and feel this immediate need because I'm desperate. So when you're flipping a roster, you're getting guys out of desperation that you need to contribute right away. Yeah. When If you're going to get guys just to provide depth because of the numbers game, different, completely different scenario. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's what the big boys are doing right now. They're filling spots just to, for depth. Yeah, I mean, Georgia and Alabama, they're not very They're not going to get involved. a quarterback in the portal. I mean, they get Buckner. Alabama gets Buckner, but I don't think he'll start. I mean, that's an example of just getting depth into a room, into a position room. Yeah, right, right. When in reality, Auburn's relying on transfers to save their program. To start on the offensive line, to start at receiver, to start at the most important position on the field at quarterback. Mm-hmm. There will come a day – well, I don't think you'll need to do that. I think your quarterback will come no, from I think recruiting. You, I think you look at this class and be like, I think okay, you've got him right now in yeah, Walker White. Right, Walker White. It's like, okay, well, Fat Burnett's probably your running back. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the offensive line hasn't really come into play yet. But you're, I think your starting DBs are already there. Like, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. I'm 100% with you. And um, linebackers, Edge, you know, Phillips and, mm-hmm. and blocked in on yeah. the defensive end. Yeah, DJ Barber. DJ Barber. Right. You're starting to see that. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's what I think. 
is going to end up getting only better. And I think he's about, I think he's two years away from that being reality. I think that's huge. And so we're, we're both in the same boat. Yes. Auburn's a little bit farther down when you look at ranking, but be sure to look at the average player ranking. They're right in the thick of it. And they I think they're ready to compete in a few years if they keep recruiting at this. And look, I think it's only going to go up because there's a lot of folks that know a lot about Auburn recruiting and national recruiting. And they've got several five stars projected in this class. And none of those chips have fallen yet. Now, granted, the chip has to fall, but obviously when it does, it's going to really keep that going. So quality over quantity, and that's definitely the game that this coaching staff is certainly playing. SEC Media Days is here. We tell you what we expect from day one today. Next, right here on Locked on Auburn. I want to encourage you to join the Locked on Auburn Discord. It is free. All you have to do is click the link in the episode description down below. Daryl, we're live from Radio Row at SEC Media Days. We're we here are. courtesy of uh, some good friends of ours. Yeah, we're very thankful for Clay Benson, attorney at law in the Montgomery area. I'll go ahead and give the phone number 334-356-1925 for any of your legal needs, criminal representation, estate planning, small business transaction, injury cases. I can say that because the company I work for and myself personally has used Clay. He's been in business for over 25 years and I've used him for 20 of those. Of course, there is that disclaimer that we have to read. No representation is made that the quality of the legal services performed is greater than the quality of legal services performed by other lawyers. We appreciate Clay's support. Absolutely. Clay is a class act. Please give him uh, some love and thought when you, uh, when you need an attorney. Absolutely. So day one of SEC Media Days is here. And I think from an Auburn point of view, it's all about what is Commissioner Sankey going to say? I think we're going to see a lot of you know, presentations on how much money they're bringing in. <laughs> And obviously, with the addition of Texas and Oklahoma next year, that's going to be very, very exciting. But, Daryl, I'm curious to see if we see any kind of shots back at the Big 12. The Big 12 kind of took some shots, uh, not only at the SEC, but Texas and Oklahoma then leaving for the SEC. I think we see, uh, I think we see some like feisty Sankey. Um, later today. I think that's a great point. I think there will be some shots fired across the bow because there was in Big 12 media days and there's still a lot to be wrapped up there. But I think that kind of a state of the union, and that's the great thing about what Commissioner Sankey brings to these events. Right. He kind of, I mean, the last few years, it's always something has broke whether it's a schedule formula or whether it's A&M, whether it's Texas and Oklahoma coming into mm -hmm. the league. So I think there'll be some clarification maybe with some future scheduling. I, I'm interesting to hear the pushback or if people really, really put his feet to the fire on the nine game schedule as opposed to the eight, if that's something that might happen. So I, I'm, I'm interested to see, I think it's at one 30 tomorrow. Uh, we'll bring details today. or today. I'm sorry. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's today. It's today's Monday. Uh, he'll bring details. We'll bring details from that and, and kind of follow up as to what the high points were. Yeah. And so I, I think, He's going to have to address, or he'll be asked the question about scheduling, what the future of the schedule looks like. We know 24, but it kind of seems like that was a Band-Aid until they actually figure out a real formula. He'll be asked about future TV deals. He'll be asked about realignment. Are there more schools coming? Are, or is Texas and Oklahoma it for a while? I hope they're not. Give me Florida State. Give me Clemson. Give me Miami, please. Thank you. Yeah, that, that, that would completely change college football to just three super conferences. It'd be incredible. Be, yeah. It'd be incredible. Yeah. Let's take it from the ACC. Who cares? Um, but yeah, I think those are going to be the biggest points and I can't imagine he's going to be too direct with any of those questions except for scheduling. It would not shock me if he broke some news about scheduling this week. 
We need to see it. I'd love to hear it. I'd love to hear, like I said, if he's going to talk about, is it going to be a pod system? Is it going to be three common opponents? Is it going to go to nine games? All that, I think, in the future. This was this had to be done quickly, 2024 schedule. I get it. but I Well, hope, it didn't have to. It had to well, because they kicked the can so they, long. They did, and they did. And, and I think the other thing that I'd like to hear and, and like to see is I think that this formula of announcing this schedule every year on a television program, Give like it they to could me. do it every Please. year. That needs to happen. Yes. That's something that happens in June where it's otherwise a slow time. If you think about it, you'd have that in June, SEC media days in July. You really start to kick off things in August. You would have eyeballs and earlobes mm -hmm. focused on the SEC an additional month. And I think that's a great the, – the schedule reveal to me is a wonderful event. I think it's awesome. I'm with you. I'm with you. All right, so follow along with us all week. We will be live from Radio Row. Um, we've already got a few uh, exciting guests lined up, and so we're looking forward to bringing you coverage all week long. Daryl, how can people follow along with you in the meantime? DAP6410 and Twitter will be tweeting a lot of things out while we're here, a lot of little quotes, a lot of anecdotes, pictures, that kind of thing. You can also follow me on the Discord, the Auburn Discord. Yep, yep, and that Discord is free. All you have to do is click the link in the episode description down below. You can follow all my socials at ZBlackerby. And uh, you can, we're going to put up a ton of stories, auburndaily.com. Until then, we'll see you tomorrow. This has been Locked on Auburn.